You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first playoff edition of Filato's Fantasy Corner. I am your host, Nicholas Filato, and we are here on the Big Blue View Radio Network. The playoffs are here. It is week 14, and hopefully... A lot of you have first round buys, so you don't have to stress this week, and you can allow all your friends and your league mates to battle it out and duke it out for an opportunity to face you. But if you do not, we need to go over some of the important start-sit type of situations that you may face this week going into the fantasy playoffs. So we're going to do something a little bit different. We're not just going to peruse and go through the fantasy rankings that I set every week. We're going to look at each game independently the over-unders, and some players that could be in line for solid matchups depending on their opponent. So let's dive right into that. Let's start with an AFC South battle with the Tennessee Titans traveling to Jacksonville to face the Jaguars. So this is a 52-point over-under. So we're looking at a juicy fantasy matchup, and the Tennessee Titans are favored by 7.5 points. Both these teams are struggle covering the outside receivers but Jacksonville specifically has been pretty abysmal at stopping wide receivers they rank third right now giving fantasy points up to the wide receiver position about 46.9 fantasy points or 47 fantasy points a game given up to the wide receiver position so we're going to look at some of these wide receivers in this game and you gotta love AJ Brown now it was a Corey Davis game last week and I think if you have Corey Davis, you have to start him. Corey Davis last game at 12 targets, caught 11 of them for 182 yards and a touchdown. So he balled out last week. And A.J. Brown didn't do as much. Now, again, this was against an opponent that did not have Denzel Ward in the Cleveland Browns. And it ended up being a 41-35 to victory for the Browns. And a lot of the fantasy points kind of came in garbage time for Corey Davis, but they made it a game. I mean, 41 to 35 is nothing to slouch at. Corey Davis looked amazing, and he's really earning himself a contract in this contract year. A.J. Brown didn't necessarily have as good of a game, and right now he's questionable. Looks like he's going to play, but he had seven targets, caught four of them for 87 yards. You're starting both of those players. And then it comes to the wide receivers for Jacksonville. You got to look at LaVisca Chenault, who had that ridiculous touchdown last week that bounced off of Harrison Smith right into his arms. I don't feel confident starting LaVisca Chenault because he's always dinged up. And then you have DJ Chark. Now, DJ Chark missed a game two weeks ago, and now this was his first playing time with Mike Glennon on the professional stage. And he gets targeted seven times, but he only caught two of them for 41 yards. It's a very risky play. Three receiver leagues, if it's a two-week matchup and you're down by a lot and you just need a home run, you can go with someone like DJ Chark, but it's not going to give you any kind of warm and fuzzy. I don't think he comes in my top 32 rankings at wide receiver. It's more of a home run, cross your fingers, and hope that something happens. As for Derrick Henry, James Robinson, you're going to start both of those players. And Ryan Tannehill, you're definitely going to start. Mike Glennon, not as much. If you're really desperate in a super flex league with 12 teams, maybe you can throw him in there because Tennessee has not been great at stopping opposing quarterbacks. They rank fourth right now, giving about 28.5 fantasy points a game to the quarterback position. So that's kind of where this game starts. 
and where this game ends. You want to talk about the tight ends, you're not going to go with the Jacksonville tight end. And Jonu Smith, it's still questionable if he's going to play. I think Anthony Ferkser, if Jonu Smith does not play, is in play for this game. He had seven targets last week, called five of them for 51 yards. Didn't get in the end zone. But without Jonu Smith, it's a high upside game against a Jacksonville team that has struggled to guard the tight end position. And I don't think that would be a terrible way to go if you're desperate, especially because the tight end landscape is pretty gross. But I would rather go with someone like Dalton Schultz. I would rather go with someone like Logan Thomas, even though he's in a tough matchup at San Francisco. But I think you can go with also someone like Jordan Akins against Chicago. Again, Chicago's good defense, but they're susceptible against a tight end position. And Jordan Akins, I feel like he's always so close to scoring a touchdown. But I don't feel comfortable starting him either in this type of spot because he hasn't done it in quite a while. But we'll get into him next. But that's the Tennessee-Jacksonville game. Next game we're going to go over is the Houston Texans and those Chicago Bears. And this game is in Chicago. The Texans are favored by one, and it's a 45.5 point over-under. So not as sexy, but you have Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson kind of proved last week that you really can't bench him. It was a tough matchup against Indianapolis, getting Nico Autry back, getting DeForest Buckner back, and he still goes out there and he puts fantasy points on the board. Scores 24 fantasy points. Throws for 341 yards. Doesn't get a touchdown, but adds a touchdown on the ground. A passing touchdown, I should say. He did not throw a passing touchdown. He had the one interception, but Deshaun Watson's a stud. It's a tough spot. Review the weather, though, because that stuff changes. And I know this is in Chicago, so it could be cold. It could be windy. It could be snowy. You want to look at that. But if everything is kind of checks out, it's just a little cold. I think you got to roll with Deshaun. you got to roll in those flames. And the running backs, David Montgomery, smash play, just like he was last week. If you have David Montgomery, you've been disappointed basically all season, but he's paying dividends for you at the end of the year and towards the playoffs with good matchups like last week against Detroit and now against Houston at home. Houston is another defense that is pretty susceptible against the running back. They have not been good at stopping the running back all year. They give up the most fantasy points to the running back position. So you're starting David Montgomery. David Johnson, that's a little bit more difficult for me. Yes, he got into the end zone last week, had 44 yards on the ground on 10 carries. Not terrible, but he's definitely not somebody that I'm thrilled to insert in my lineup by any stretch of the imagination. He's back from the concussion, which is good. You might not have better options, which is unfortunate. He comes in right now, 28th on my rankings. So you could start him, but I'd rather go with someone like J.D. McKissick in half-point leagues. Rather, we'll go with someone like J.K. Dobbins, even though he's in a freaking frustrating timeshare, which still doesn't make sense because he's much more talented than anybody else they have there. I like Gus Edwards. I think that could be the one-two punch. Mark Ingram shouldn't see the field. But that's kind of where I view David Johnson. As for these wide receivers, Allen Robinson you're going to roll with. Brandon Cooks right now, him and Kiki Kuti are both dealing with injuries it looks like they're probably going to play in this game cooks left last game and he was evaluated for a concussion but he cleared the protocol and he checked right back into the contest but we all know the history with brandon cooks he's one hit away from maybe his career being over but he was limited in practice on wednesday with a foot and a neck injury but he's limited so he practiced so it's looking like he's going to play kiki kuti also had a knee injury looking like he's going to play i think both those players with the volume that they receive you can start so I think both Brandon Cooks and Kiki Kuti, obviously more so Cooks than Kuti, but Kuti had nine targets last week. He had over 140 yards. 
Eight catches. We know what Deshaun Watson can do. He made Chad Hansen go over 100 yards. Don't start Chad Hansen. But that is the effect of Deshaun Watson, even in tough matchups. So you have to roll with those guys. As for wide receivers for Chicago, I'm just probably rolling with Robinson. If you need a home run type of swing, Darnell Mooney is a big play type of guy. He's questionable, looking like he's going to play as well, but more of a DFS type of play. And as for these Chicago tight ends, Jimmy Graham, I think it's done. I know he might have helped you a little bit early in the season with that touchdown upside and all the red zone targets, but he had one target last week, didn't secure it. But Cole Komet, however, is kind of coming along. He had seven targets last week. They're implementing him more. Mitch Trubisky trusts him a little bit more, and he had a touchdown. So Cole Komet's somebody, it's kind of a dart throw, but if you need it, tight end position's gross. I think him and Jordan Akins, Houston's tight end, are people that you can roll with. Again, he had three targets last week, caught two of them for 10 yards. But if we go back to the Detroit game, he could have had two touchdowns, but he couldn't secure the ball. Now, I think given the Chicago's ability to stop the tight end position, which has not been good all year, that you might see Jordan Akins be thrown to, thrown at, in the red zone. And Chicago gives up the second most fantasy points to the tight end position. So I, I don't think it's a terrible swing, but it's not something that's necessarily going to give you any sort of warm and fuzzy, and it shouldn't. It's kind of a high upside, and you're hoping he gets a touchdown or two, which is something you don't always want to do. You're looking for volume. He doesn't have that. But people can be desperate. Then we have the Denver and the Carolina Panther game. This is a 46.5 point over-under. Carolina is favored by 3.5 at home. And in this game, you have Teddy Bridgewater. He's coming back. I think he's somebody in a super flex league that you can consider. It was very frustrating against Minnesota two weeks ago. Because remember, they're coming off their bye week where he missed DJ Moore twice for a touchdown. And now this team has kind of been ravaged a little bit by COVID-19. Guys like Curtis Samuel don't look like they're going to play. DJ Moore is not going to play in this game. And that's because of COVID-19, not necessarily because of the knee and ankle injury. It looked like he suffered in that game in Week 12. So this offense might be a little bit in flux. Christian McCaffrey is genuinely questionable right now with a thigh issue. Still has his shoulder issue that he's getting over. Had the lower body injury earlier. If he's healthy, you're going to play him, but it's it's not promising right now. He could play in this game, and it would be amazing for Christian McCaffrey owners who did make the playoffs, who deserve to use Christian McCaffrey because they made the playoffs despite having McCaffrey. But keep Mike Davis on your bench. Don't drop him. I'm in a lot of leagues where Mike Davis was dropped. I put a claim in right away. This could be a situation where McCaffrey doesn't play this week. They lose to Denver, which I don't think is going to happen, but it could. And then they might just shut McCaffrey down with all of these nagging injuries. So have Mike Davis. Now, Mike Davis is even more important with no Curtis Samuel, too. I think you're going to see Rod Smith be mixed in there for sure, which is going to be frustrating. But that could easily happen in this game. We saw it a little bit down the stretch. I mean, he's not somebody you're going to play, but it's just something to monitor, kind of take away from Mike Davis. As for Drew Locke, Drew Locke, he doesn't give you any any sort of warm and fuzzy at all. He's scored 12 fantasy points in his last two outings, 10 in a smash spot against Las Vegas. He's just been a a very disappointing second-year quarterback. So I do not advise starting Drew Locke by any stretch of anybody's imagination, but there could be some garbage time. There could be some 
this could be a competitive game between two teams that aren't that great, who aren't going to make the playoffs. Drew Locke right now is my quarterback 27. I have Andy Dalton ahead of him in a revenge game. But back to the running backs in this game. Melvin Gordon, you can definitely start in this game. I think he's a good DFS option on DraftKings, only 5,200. He had 15 carries for 131 yards against Kansas City. And they also want to mix in Philip Lindsay. I don't feel as comfortable about Philip Lindsay. He had 14 carries, which is definitely encouraging, but he only had 26 yards. Usually he looks better than that. But I would not start Philip Lindsay. And for the tight ends, I think you can roll with Noah Fant given the position. He had seven targets, which is the most in the last four weeks that he's had. Caught four of them for 57 yards. Carolina gives up the third most fantasy points to the tight end position. So I think you can roll that way, and it's been gross all season, I know. But I don't think it's a terrible decision to make to roll with someone like Noah Fant. He has high upside, and he's athletic. You hit him on a drag route, he can take it to the house. So that's kind of where I view that. Then we have the Minnesota Vikings traveling to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Got the Buccaneers coming off of a bye. They are six and a half point favorites, and the over-under in this game is 52 and a half. And we're looking at a lot of pretty solid fantasy options here because Tampa Bay has a ton of weapons, and that could be a bad thing because you're not exactly sure who is going to go off. But for Minnesota, they have two weapons that the offense basically runs through that's not named Alvin Cook, and that's Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. You're starting both of them, and you're happy about it. Because Tampa Bay, we've seen them get absolutely torched, especially when they try to run man coverage. And I think Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson could smash there. Kirk Cousins as well. I would. I am confident in Kirk Cousins. I know this is a tough defense. I have Kirk Cousins as my 12th quarterback right now, and I have both of his wide receivers as top 11 wide receivers. Adam Thielen comes in at 6, and Justin Jefferson comes in at 11. But that's mainly because the offense just runs through them. Now, Irv Smith can come in. Irv Smith Jr. can come in and steal a touchdown from these guys because we've seen when Irv Smith is healthy, they like to use him in the red zone on quick little flat type of routes. Sorry for the train right there. So that could really disappoint some Adam Thielen owners because Adam Thielen's been really prevalent in the red zone recently. As for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're starting Dalvin Cook, duh. As for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady is definitely viable here. Minnesota has not been great all season against the pass. They have a bunch of young guys out there trying to cover these wide receivers, and that could be problematic. So you're rolling with Tom Brady. For the running backs, this is where it can get tricky. Minnesota is a team that is about middle of the pack, stopping the run. They're not terrible at it in terms of fantasy points per game at least, and you have a two-headed monster coming out of a bye week you're not really sure what Bruce Arians is gonna do with these running backs if I think he should just roll with Ronald Jones he's the one that I would think about playing if I had to play either of these two I'm not really overly confident about either if I'm gonna be completely honest just because we've seen a lot of flip-flopping I have Ronald Jones as my running back 17 right now and looking at my rankings I'd probably put Melvin Gordon ahead of him even though they're both in timeshares, but I like the spot. Melvin Gordon's in a little bit better. But Ronald Jones has that game-breaking ability. We saw him with that 90-yard rush. It was even longer than that 90-plus-yard rush this season for a touchdown. So that's kind of where you're getting there. But at the same time, Minnesota wants to control the ball, and they want to punch you in the mouth with Dalvin Cook, work the play action, work the middle of the field, something that they've done pretty damn well at. But I think if you have Ronald Jones, you're probably going to roll him out there. As for the wide receivers 
of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike Evans is questionable right now, and he didn't practice during Thursday with a hamstring injury. It's said that it could be precautionary, but not practicing, getting a DNP on Thursday is never a good thing. That's not a good thing whatsoever. So it's definitely something to monitor. If he does not play Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown or smash plays, you roll with both of them. I think you could roll with all three and be perfectly fine with it, to be honest, even with Mike Evans healthy. Again, Minnesota has struggled. I think Antonio Brown might be even a little bit more involved, and Chris Godwin might be even a little bit more involved coming out of the bye week. Brown had three targets last game. Caught two of them for 11. So I could see them really trying to get him going. He's yet to have a touchdown as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. That could change. But I'm much more comfortable with Evans and Godwin, rightfully so. But if you're in a three-wide receiver league, need a little bit of upside, I think Antonio Brown is the guy to kind of roll out there, but it's a little bit more risky. As for the tight ends, Rob Gronkowski, if you have him, you're more than likely starting him. Last week against Kansas City, he had seven targets, caught six of them for 106 yards. Has only had one touchdown in the last four games. I think that could change against Minnesota. And Minnesota has Eric Kendricks. They have some pretty solid linebackers who do well in man coverage. And that's one of the reasons why they don't allow all that many points to the tight end position. But you've seen... Tom Brady in the red zone. He has two targets that he really looks for, and those are those tight ends. And Mike Evans. If Mike Evans is dealing with an injury, it means probably in practice. There's a lot of design plays for Rob Gronkowski. If Mike Evans sits, Rob Gronkowski is going to be the beneficiary of that in that green zone, that red zone, that score zone, whatever the heck you want to call it. So that's definitely something to consider, and I think you have to roll with someone like Rob Gronkowski. And then before we go into the ads, let's go over our favorite team, the New York Football Giants hosting the Arizona Cardinals. This is a 45-point over-under, and the Cardinals are 2.5-point favorites, despite being on the road. So that's what Vegas thinks about this game. Now, Daniel Jones looks like he may play. That's great. It's not necessarily for certain yet, but Joe Judge noted Thursday the Giants are hoping to make a final decision on Jones's hamstring on Friday, so by the time you're listening to this, you will know. Now, if it's Colt McCoy, don't necessarily feel great. I know the Giants just pulled off that win against Seattle, but a lot of things went right, and their running game was just really, really on par, as well as their defense. Arizona is a team that you can run the football on, so there's definitely a positive there. Arizona right now gives up about midway, about 20th in fantasy points allowed to the running back position. So they rank about middle of the pack. If you have Kyler Murray, you're going to roll with him. You're going to hope that he does better. If you have Daniel Jones, he might not be as mobile in this game. But I think it's a matchup. You can roll him out there. If you have better options, usually in one quarterback league, you do. I would probably do that. Wait and see how he's utilized here. And he's been coming along as a passer and looking much better than he has in the past. These, these few games that he's played. But he doesn't necessarily give you the kind of comfort that you need, especially coming off an injury. He could just re-aggravate it, so you really want to be careful with that. As for the running backs, Wayne Gallman is someone that, he, that you're going to play. He just keeps receiving work, and he keeps doing well. Had 16 carries against Seattle, had 24 against Cincinnati, had 18 against Philadelphia, 16 fantasy points, 18 fantasy points, 19 fantasy points. And we talked a lot about how a lot of his fantasy points were given to him because of big plays down the field where if someone would get tackled at like the three-yard line and Wayne Gallman would punch it in. Well, last game it wasn't that. Broke off a 60-yard run. Looked really solid using his vision and his patience against Seattle's front. 
And that blocking also definitely helped him. So Ring Goldman is someone that you can roll with for sure. I think Kenyon Drake is someone that you can roll with. Kenyon Drake has been kind of had an up and down type of year, but he's had he has 43 carries in the last three games. So that's very encouraging. And since Kyler Murray injured his shoulder, he's been more involved in the passing attack. I think it's somebody that you can roll out there. It's not a running back one by any means. I have Drake right now ranked 22nd in my rankings. Wayne Gallman I have ranked 12th. So that's kind of the disparity that I have between the two, but I think they're both starts. Chase Edmonds I don't feel as great about because his workload seems to be getting scaled back a little bit more. So I don't think I'd rule him out there in the fantasy playoffs. Just not. It's not a place I'd go. And before I get into these wide receivers, I received some updates on my phone. Daniel Jones was limited in practice on Thursday. A.J. Brown of the Tennessee Titans was not spotted at practice, so that's definitely something that must be monitored. And Christian McCaffrey, sadly, may not play in this game. Matt Rule hasn't ruled him out officially, but says don't expect him. So make sure you have Mike Davis. All right, these wide receivers. DeAndre Hopkins. Start him doesn't matter that he struggled he's deandre hopkins he's gonna get the james bradbury treatment but just start him sterling shepherd i think is a good start if daniel jones plays this football game daniel jones is out there he was limited that's an encouraging sign it's definitely somebody that you can roll with he had six targets last game of colt mccoy he only caught one of them 22 yards it's a nice catch but with daniel jones he had eight targets six targets eight targets ten targets eight targets he gets targeted like crazy by daniel jones because he's the giants best receiver best route runner He's always basically open on this quick game stuff that Jason Garrett loves to run. So I would feel confident rolling with someone like Sterling Shepard against Arizona, a team that hasn't been that great at guarding the wide receivers. Yes, Patrick Peterson is still solid, but I'm I'm not really scared off of Sterling Shepard. Christian Kirk, I haven't seen it in the last few games. Can't roll him out there. Hasn't done enough. So that's basically about it for the wide receivers the tight ends Dan Arnold had two touchdowns last week I'm not banking on that against the Giants Evan Ingram somebody that I feel like you can put out there he gets to go up against Isaiah Simmons who's actually finally getting some snaps for the Arizona Cardinals he had eight targets last week caught four of them for 32 yards that was with Colt McCoy we've seen you everybody listening to this knows what Evan Ingram is we've seen him do great things and we've seen him be Evan Ingram and just do absolutely terrible things so it's definitely something that you've got away tight end landscape i think it's definitely somebody that you also have to kind of roll out there unless you have better options like say a travis kelsey which i highly doubt you probably had both of those tj hawkinson i would start robert tunyon over him robert Gronkowski, i'd start over him i would basically think about starting mike kisicki over him yes he's only had this one really great game last week but kansas city has surrendered some good games to the tight end position as well hunter henry somebody against atlanta i would also consider but anyways, so let's get into these ads, and then we'll roll with the rest of the matchups. The battle in South Beach with the Kansas City Chiefs going to Miami should be interesting. Brian Flores has that defense of the Miami Dolphins going everywhere right now, kind of operating very efficiently. And the Kansas City Chiefs, we all know about Patrick Mahomes and company. And there's going to be a lot of just easy start decisions here. But this game could be low-key interesting. The Chiefs are on the road. They're seven-point favorites with a 50.5-point over-under. You're starting Pat Mahomes. No issues there. Tua, I'm not as confident about. I mean, he's been dinged up. Steve Spagnuolo is usually typically pretty solid against these younger quarterbacks. 
And he's coming off of a game where he only had 16 fantasy points. Don't necessarily love starting Tua Tagovailoa in this specific matchup against Kansas City Chiefs, even though he might be throwing the football a lot. But right now I have Tua as my quarterback 19. So he's somebody in a one quarterback league that you're probably not going to roll with. Two quarterback leagues, I think it's a bit of a better scenario just because that's the landscape of these super flex leagues. But that's where I'm at with Tua. As for these running backs, oh buddy, Clyde Edwards freaking Elair. What do you do with him? For me, I start him. I have him in a bunch of leagues, and I benched him in all of them. I did not trust the, the stomach bug, the illness. By the time Saturday night rolled around, people were like, uh, he might not play. It's like, dude, this guy hasn't practiced at all. There's no way he's going to be in the game plan. And then Andy Reid doesn't care about your fantasy team. He activates him. People roll him out there, and it was an absolute disaster for Clyde. So, but in this game, I think I'm cool with rolling them out there. Miami's a good defense, and they're not a defense you want to sleep on. So this isn't a smash play. But Le'Veon Bell didn't look that great with all those carries. Miami is actually bottom five in allowing fantasy points per game. But what you want to do is you want to get players that are on teams that score a lot of points or are going to have a lot of opportunities in the red zone. And I could see, being very Andy Reid-like, that... Hey, Clyde didn't play at all last week, but now he feels better. He's not sick. He practiced all week, and we're going to roll him out there, and he's going to have a solid game. The matchup is going to be tough. It's not a smash play. I wouldn't say that, I guess, but it's something that you might not have better options, and you're going to roll with him. I have to roll with him in one league. Another league, I probably would have put him in there, but I'm by this week, which is a solid, uh, solid outcome for me. But that's kind of where I'm at with Clyde. He's also, a, I think you can probably get him at a low ownership on DFS. He's only 5,900 right now. And it's just a piece of Kansas City's offense, the main running back of that offense. So it's where I'm at with him. Miles Gaskin is somebody you could definitely roll with as well just because they love to use him as a workhorse. And they come back off the injury, got off the IR, received 21 carries for 90 yards, caught two balls for 51 yards on two targets. And that's how they want to use Miles Gaskin. This is against Kansas City. This could be a high-scoring game. There could be a lot of checkdowns, a lot of little drop-offs, something that Tua hasn't done all that much of yet. But Steve Spagnuolo could force it that way. I think Gaskin is somebody that you can roll out. I have him as my running back 13 right now because of that workload. Clyde I have as my running back 20. So that's kind of where I stand with both of them because Clyde could still split carries with Daryl Williams and freaking Le'Veon Bell. As for the wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, you're starting. Devontae Parker, you're starting. I don't feel as great about Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, Miko Hardman and company. Those guys are home run type dudes. Sammy is a little bit interesting. He had a decent game in PPR, I guess you could say. Six targets at least, four catches, but it was only for 35 yards. And he didn't murder your team, but it wasn't anything that was going to take you over any kind of edge. Tyree Kill left about 23 points on the board with that dumb penalty that wasn't his fault and then him not realizing that he actually did score a touchdown, which you'll probably never see again, ever. But that's the wide receivers, and I think you could start both Travis Kelsey and Mike Kosicki. I talked about Kosicki a little bit before. Kelsey, I mean, he's always tight end one. He just sees so much damn volume at 12 targets, caught eight balls for 136 yards at a touchdown last week, and it was pretty damn important. Moving on to Dallas and Cincinnati. So this game is another one that could be Sneaky interesting from a standpoint of who's going to win. I would put my money on the Cowboys. They're three and a half point favorites. And the over under is pretty gross, 42 and a half. Dallas was able to move the football against Baltimore 
somewhat, you could definitely say. They weren't uh, lighting the scoreboard up, obviously, but they were able to move the football a little bit. And Andy Dalton, I'm not overly confident about Andy Dalton. I have him as my quarterback 26, right ahead of Drew Locke. And Brandon Allen I have as my quarterback 29, so it's not necessarily something great. But Andy Dalton, he's got this revenge game narrative right now. He's going back to the place where he started his NFL career, the Red Rifle. And you got Joe Mixon on the IR. Giovanni Bernard, I think, is somebody you can consider on the low. He's still receiving carries here. He had 12 carries last week for 30 yards, two catches on two targets for negative one yard. Not great. But as you guys all witnessed on Tuesday Night Football, the Cowboys aren't good on defense. They're going to want to run the football. They're going to check down. Those linebackers seem lost. I don't know what Mike Nolan's doing over there, but it's not great. So I think you can roll with Bernard if you're in a pinch. It's ugly, but you can roll that way. Ezekiel Elliott, he's dealing with a calf injury at the moment. It has not been pretty for Zeke, but you're going to start him if he's healthy. If he's not, I actually like Tony Pollard here. I do. So if there's no Zeke, Tony Pollard can definitely kind of come in here and do well. I mean, he's more explosive than Ezekiel Elliott. I don't even think that's really a question. I think you're rolling with Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup, you can't quite trust right now. C.D. Lamb, I'm not going to trust either. I mean, he had nine targets, had 46 yards, six catches in the game, but I'm just not quite there yet. Amari Cooper might get some William Jackson, but hopefully Mike McCarthy schemes it around. I mean, he was able to avoid Marlon Humphrey last week, and he ended up getting that garbage time touchdown. I think you can roll with Cooper. If you're in a pinch three-receiver league, I think you can choose Lamb or Gallup, but it's not something I would necessarily recommend. As for Cincinnati, Tyler Boyd is a player that is not going to give you any sort of uh, comfort. He had one catch, four targets for 72 yards, and then he got ejected last week on a kind of a stupid uh, – I thought it was pretty dumb, to be honest. It was a weak little punch when he was defending himself against Xavier Howard, and they ejected both the players. I, I thought it was a dumb little scuffle that should have maybe – received a flag, but they both got ejected, and that's kind of the direction of the NFL at the moment. But Tyler Boyd in the slot, Dallas, I, I kind of want to stay away. It's a 42.5-point over-under, if I'm going to be frank. But if you're desperate, you got to roll him out there. I actually like Dalton Schultz more than some of these receivers, to be honest. Cincinnati has been bad at covering tight ends this season, and you can kind of see how Andy Dalton likes to – hit Schultz on those little nine-yard stick routes, get the ball in his hands. He's had four targets last week, caught four for 44, five targets the week before, caught five for 24. So you're hoping he gets in the end zone, and Cincinnati has kind of been pretty nice with allowing tight ends to fall into the end zone. So I have Dalton Schultz right now as my 11th-ranked tight end, and you're hoping he gets those touchdowns. And it's something that probably could happen against this defense. Then we have the Jets and the Seattle Seahawks. Now, here is a uh, game where Seattle gets to host another New York team. I think Seattle is going to get right against the Jets, who now have a different defensive coordinator because Greg Williams was fired. So Russell Wilson, that's a start. Sam Darnold, I'm not quite there. (laughs) Sammy hasn't really shown all that much. Yes, he's coming off of a game where he threw for 186 yards, two touchdowns, 
did a little bit on the ground, had a rushing touchdown at 23 fantasy points, but I'm not banking on that kind of stuff. Running backs, I'm not looking at these Jets. Ty Johnson, I know a lot of people went out and picked him up. I'm not necessarily there. Frank Gore might actually end up playing in this game. He didn't practice on Thursday, but we've seen players not practice on Thursday, not practice on Friday, and then get cleared. We saw that happen with Allen Robinson earlier in the season. So I'm not necessarily thrilled if Frank Ward doesn't play. I think Ty Johnson could be a solid just dart throw, but it's going to be a split between him and Josh Adams, who looks solid as well. Chris Carson, somebody to play. Pete Carroll came out after the game, talked about how he has a foot injury. He was limited in practice on Wednesday due to the foot injury and how he's not quite over that midfoot sprain that he suffered, but he looks damn good as Giant fans saw. He really does, and he had that touchdown, which was great for fantasy points. It was a receiving touchdown, but I'm going to start Carson against this New York Jets team. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, smash plays. Jameson Crowder, smash play, I believe, because Denzel Mims isn't going to play in this game. And I believe just more targets are going to be funneled to Crowder. His target share has gone down significantly. But he had two touchdowns last week, five catches, seven targets, 47 yards, over 20 fantasy points in full-point PPR. I think the targets are going to go up. Touchdowns might go down, but I like this matchup against Seattle. And as for these tight ends, I'm not probably going to roll any of them out there. I think Seattle's defense is a solid play. They're at home against the Jets. Then let's go to the Indianapolis Colts traveling to Las Vegas to play the Raiders. Quarterback-wise, can't trust Derek Carr here. Derek Carr had 35 fantasy points last week with that bogus cover six call from Greg Williams that allowed Henry Ruggs to have that touchdown. So I'm not I'm not quite there in Indianapolis. It's a very good defense, obviously. Phillip Rivers, though, is somebody I think you can probably stream if you're desperate and you need to. We had 19 fantasy points last week. Didn't throw an interception, which is something Phillip Rivers kind of does a lot. 285 yards passing. Had two touchdowns in the game as well. It kind of sucks because you're never going to get any kind of rushing upside from someone like Phillip Rivers. <laughs> I have him as my quarterback 16, though. Las Vegas has been pretty bad at covering their receivers, which is going to benefit the quarterback of those receivers. And that kind of brings me to the receivers before I get into the running backs. I think you could start T.Y. Hilton. I think you could start Michael Pittman Jr. T.Y., these last two games have looked pretty damn good. He had 11 targets against Houston, and he always owns Houston. 11. Caught eight of them for 110 and a touchdown. Had a touchdown the game before against Tennessee. So it doesn't feel great, I know, but I think you can go in that direction, and it's not going to be terrible. As for Michael Pittman Jr., he caught all his targets last week for 46 yards, but he didn't get in the end zone. I think he can kind of change it a little bit here. You might look at him taking advantage of the weaker cornerbacks of the Las Vegas Raiders. So I kind of like both of those players. I'm not willing to roll rugs out there. I'm actually more encouraged by Nelson Aguilar, to be honest. Yeah, Aguilar didn't get in the end zone. He only had 7.8 fantasy points last week, but he had 11 targets, man. 11 targets, he only ended up catching four of them. I think it could be a bounce-back week for Aguilar. I know he was dealing with an ankle injury last week, but he's been practicing in full all this entire week. So I'm cool with rolling with Aguilar. And then Hunter Renfro in PPR leagues, I mean, he had six targets last week, caught four of them for 47 yards, but you just there's better options out there. For the running backs, look, Devontae Booker against Indianapolis, that's kind of ugly. It really is because... He was in a pretty good spot last week, and he had 16 carries for 50 yards. Didn't look all that great. Doesn't seem like Josh Jacobs is going to play in this game. That's why I don't bring him up. If he does play, and he is 100% healthy, I think you roll him out there. But he didn't practice on Wednesday, and I don't feel too encouraged about his opportunity to play in this game. But Jonathan Taylor, on the flip side, 
He had 13 carries for 91 yards last week. The week before, he had 22 carries for 90 yards. And they've been getting him more involved as a receiver, which is excellent for his fantasy value. And I think this is also a pretty good spot against the Las Vegas Raiders. So I'm willing to roll him out there. Vegas kind of gives up, what, 24.2 fantasy points a game to the running back position. So I think him and Naheem Hines are both players that you can consider. Naheem, last week wasn't as great as Jonathan Taylor, but he did have a touchdown receiving, and he had six carries, only 10 yards, but he had that receiving touchdown on three targets, three catches for 22 yards, and Taylor had that big 33-yard touchdown through the air as well. So I'm fine with both of those options, more so for Taylor. Darren Waller, you're starting. Trey Burton, if you're desperate, you can definitely roll him out there. He's coming off of a game where he only had three targets, though. So that's definitely something that's always going to happen. Like I've said, Rivers is targeting Gnostic with his receivers. He'll target anybody. And that's definitely something that's problematic for some of these receiving options. So there's a little bit of concern when it comes to that. But if you're in a pinch, you can roll them out there. But I do think there are better options out there than Traybert. That's a 51-point over-under. And the Colts are favored by three on the road. Then we have the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions, the Matt Patricia Liss Detroit Lions. And the Packers in this game, favored by seven and a half, seems like a pretty smash play right there. 55 and a half point over under. And Aaron Rodgers. Start him. Matt Stafford. Without Kenny Galladay, eh, it's not as encouraging. He had over 30 fantasy points last week against Chicago. Did well with Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson. Guys were about to go over. But he's still dealing with this thumb injury. I think it's somebody that you can roll out there. And you know what? If you have a bye this week, I would pick up Matt Stafford because he has a solid schedule going forward, especially in terms of just throwing the football. He gets the Titans next week, which I do like. So, you know, looking forward to the next week. If you do have a bye week, Aaron Jones, you're going to start. Jamal Williams, you can start. They have been splitting. He had five carries last week, but he's being used as a receiver. I'm not thrilled about it. Very deep leagues. You can roll him out there in a very, very good matchup because Detroit is terrible against running backs. I think Aaron Jones is going to have one of the best weeks like he did last week on that 77-yard run. And Jamal, he could also have a good week. DeAndre Swift looks like he may actually play. It looks a little bit encouraging, Daryl Bevel said. So he's somebody that you can definitely start against another porous run defense. And we haven't seen DeAndre Swift since week 10. Hopefully he's okay because he's a really exciting player. As for these wide receivers, Devontae Adams start all day. I think you can roll with someone like Alan Lazard. If Kenny Galladay's healthy, you can roll with him. Lazard only had four targets last week, all three of them for 50 yards. But Detroit is a team that you can throw on. Aaron Rodgers is going for this MVP, man. He just keeps slinging the football so I like a lot of these receiving options to be honest I'm not going to roll Valdez Scantling out there but I think you can go with Lazard I think you have to consider Marvin Jones but he's probably going to see some Jair Alexander who doesn't travel all that much doesn't seem like but Jones has two consecutive weeks of having 12 targets caught eight of them for a 116 and one last week so if you need to and there is no Kenny Galladay you can definitely roll with Marvin Jones for tight ends I think you can go with Hawkinson and Tunyon to be honest Tunyon look It's not great, but it's a receiving option for Aaron Rodgers. And he's coming off of three straight weeks with a touchdown with five targets. That's a solid target share for a tight end. And Aaron Rodgers is just slinging the football. 
they could put up 45 points in this game against this Detroit defense. So I think you could roll with both of them. And if you have Hawk, you're definitely starting him as well. Then we have Washington and San Francisco. A game that, uh, Giant fans, we need the San Francisco 49ers to not suck in this game. It's a 43.5 point over-under. San Francisco 49ers are favored by three, so it's neutral because they're the home team. I'm not rolling with Alex Smith. I'm not rolling with Nick Mullins. Antonio Gibson probably is not going to play. I really don't want to roll with Raheem Mostert the way they use this rotation. He had nine carries for 42 yards. He had one catch. Mostert can go off and score like two touchdowns in this game. Now, that's kind of the player he is. It's kind of the way Kyle Shanahan uses these running backs. It could be Jeff Wilson. It could be Tevin Coleman. It could be Jarek McKinnon. I don't want to play this whole whose game is it going to be with Mostert. So I'm not, I really don't want to put him out there to say the least. And I mean, he could, again, have a good game because we've seen that happen in the past. I have him as my running back 21 right now, and I look at my rankings, I probably start people that are behind him, in front of him. But we know the capabilities of the guy. It's not a referendum on him. It's more of the usage that Kyle Shanahan utilizes for him. I actually, of all these running backs, think J.D. McKissick is probably the best start in PPR formats. He had 17.8 points in full-point PPR. Yes, he only had five carries, but he had 10 targets, call all 10 of them for 70 yards. That's what McKissick ends up doing. That's his skill set. So I think you can roll him out there. I think you're going to roll Terry McLaurin out there. And yes, he's questionable right now, but he's probably going to play. He was limited in Wednesday's practice, practiced in full with that ankle injury on Thursday. Debo Samuel, hopefully Kyle Shanahan realizes that he has Debo Samuel on his team in the first half because he barely used him at all. He didn't practice with a foot injury on Wednesday. He's dealing with that. And the Thursday reports have not come out yet, so you want to monitor that. But it looks like he's going to play by all the beat reporters at least. Brendan Ayuk is a player that you're going to start as well. Look, I know it could be frustrating with Kyle Shanahan, with Ayuk and Samuel. and They're interchangeable and their skill sets are similar. But he had nine targets, looked good, caught five of them for 95 yards and a touchdown against Washington. And I know Washington is pretty solid against wide receivers. But the way Shanahan manufactures touches to his wide receivers it's not even necessarily downfield it's a lot of quick game stuff a lot of touch passes things like that bubble screens screens just in general and that can benefit both of these guys Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk against Washington who has this really good pass rush and try to slow that pass rush down keep him honest by hitting these quick screens and both these players are capable of breaking tackles and going the distance so I like both of those guys as for the tight ends Look, Logan Thomas had a bunch of targets last week. He had nine. He caught nine of them for 98 yards. So I definitely think that he's in play with the landscape of this position, as I keep saying. I think Jordan Reed is also in play against Washington, a team that struggled against tight ends. And you could tell Reed is so frustrated with Nick Mullins because Mullins misses this guy all the time. But he got into the end zone last week. I think that he's somebody that you definitely can consider. And I know it doesn't feel great, but Jordan Reed is my tight end 17 right now just behind Hayden Hurst, just behind Jordan Aikens as well, and Dallas Goddard. So Dallas Goddard, that whole thing, we're not sure how it's going to affect the quarterback change is going to affect him. Could negatively affect him because we've seen what Carson Wentz likes to do with quarterbacks. So let's roll into that game. The Philadelphia Eagles hosting the New Orleans Saints. And the Saints are six and a half point favorites, 44 point over under. So not all that sexy. Doesn't look like Drew Brees is playing in this game. But you have Taysom Hill, who has that high floor because of what he does on the ground. Had 14 carries last week for 83 yards, 10 for 44, and two touchdowns the week before, 10 for 49, two touchdowns the week before that. So you know what you're getting there. He actually looked pretty good as a passer last week. 
37 attempts, 27 completions, 232 yards, two passing touchdowns, one to Traquan Smith, one to Jared Cook. Taysom Hill, you're starting. And this might be your last week with him because Drew Brees is eligible to come off the IR. And it looks like he might be starting the following week against Kansas City. As for the running backs, Kamara, you're starting him. Miles Sanders, you're reluctantly starting him, hoping that the zone read game kind of assists him with Jalen Hurts' legs. He had 10 carries for 31 yards last week on one target. This is Miles Sanders we're talking about here. Doug Peterson, get the guy involved. Holy crap. I think Jalen's going to help him. I really do. And I think you can start him. And it's not great because the defense is very difficult. Very difficult. So we're looking at a running back three flex type of range, not a running back one or two. But I think it could improve because of Jalen Hurts. If this was Carson Wentz, I would be much more pessimistic. As for Latavius Murray, Mr. Lat Murr himself came back down to earth last week. And uh, I'm not going to roll him out there. These wide receivers, though. Michael Thomas are starting, and that's about it. Look, Jalen Rager could have a good game here, avoiding Marcus Latimer, maybe. But he had one target last week and one carry. Did not look great on tape. Travis Fulgham, look, it was a great story. Had two targets last week, mostly with Carson Wentz. Didn't secure any of them. You can't trust any of these guys in the fantasy playoffs. Just not the way it is. Sorry. Tight ends, Dallas Goddard. Look, you can start him, but have your reservations because it's a quarterback change. We know Carson Wentz loves tight ends. We also know that Doug Peterson loves tight ends. But Zach Ertz is back. Eat into that a little bit. He still had seven targets, caught five of them for 66 yards. I think you can start him, but just be weary is what I'll say. Then we have the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert and company coming off of a big goose egg last week at home against New England. But this is a 49 and a half point over under. The Falcons are favored by two and a half points, which is fair since they are on the road in this game. And you're starting Justin Herbert. Matt Ryan, somebody you can consider to start. He hasn't looked great despite having Julio Jones. His last three games have been huge disappointments. There's better options probably out there in one quarterback leagues, 12 team even. But Los Angeles, they can put points up. Falcons' pass defense is not great. So Matt Ryan could end up kind of stabilizing a little bit and having a more healthy Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley having a solid fantasy game here. So it's definitely something that you can consider, but I would look at other options. Right now, Justin Herbert, for me, is my quarterback 6. Matt Ryan is my quarterback 14. So if you can't get someone like Kirk Cousins on the free agent wire, then you're probably going to go with somebody like Matt Ryan. Matchup is solid, but you just hope that he can kind of stabilize himself. As for the running backs, I ain't going with any Falcon running back. I ain't going with Todd Gurley. He needs to fall in the end zone, and I'm done with it. Austin Eckler, though, that's a smash play because Austin Eckler is excellent in these PPR formats. I mean, last week he had nine targets, and he only caught four of them because New England was really good at stopping Eckler in those flats and in the middle of the field. And he still gets like eight carries. So he's getting double-digit carries sometimes. He had 14 the week before that. Definitely starting Austin Eckler in this matchup. As for the wide receivers, Keenan Allen you can definitely go back to. Keenan Allen, he had 11 targets last week. Only caught five for 48. But you know Justin Herbert loves to look for Keenan Allen. Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones are starting. I think he can roll with Mike Williams. He had nine targets last week. Caught four of them for 43 yards. And I just think this is going to be a big Mike Williams two-touchdown type of game. So, you know, if you play DFS, I think it's a very solid uh, 
dart throw. I don't even really want to call it a dart throw. I think it's a very sharp play at 4,700. High upside GPP type of play for someone like Mike Williams. And then as for the tight ends, I think you can definitely start Hunter Henry. Hayden Hurst, he's questionable going into this game. He was limited in Wednesday's practice with an ankle injury. Looks like he'll probably play. Hasn't done all that much. He had four targets last week, caught one of them for nine yards against New Orleans defense. And... I have Hayden Hurst a little bit down my rankings, not super far down, but I have him as my tight end 16. But as I've said several times in this podcast, you may be forced to start him because of the landscape of this really disgusting position. So let's move on to the Sunday night game, which is the Buffalo Bills hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers, the now one loss Pittsburgh Steelers. Isn't that just incredible? But the Steelers are not the favorites in this game. The Bills are favored by one and a half at home with a 48 point over under after the Bills spanked the San Francisco 49ers in primetime football. But there's a lot of fantasy goodness here. Starting Josh Allen, even against a bad matchup, man. Pittsburgh is a really good defense, but they lost Bud Dupree. And. They just lost a game to the Washington football team led by Alex Smith. I don't love Josh Allen as much as I usually do because Pittsburgh is still a really good defense, but it's hard to get away from him after he just went ape crap all over the faces of the San Francisco 49ers for 34 fantasy points. So, yeah, I think you have to start him. Ben Roethlisberger is a really good matchup against Buffalo secondary, and they can't run the football. So what do they do? They throw the ball all the time. He threw the ball 50 plus times the last two matchups hit 22 fantasy points last week i like i like ben roethlisberger in this spot against buffalo primetime roethlisberger james connor coming off the covid list now look it's hard when you call it the covid list and you've been there for a while you don't know how bad his symptoms are you know his backstory with uh, him being a cancer survivor you don't know how adversely affected he was by this virus so it's a little bit risky but this team needs James Conner. James Conner's not even that great in terms of explosiveness and things like that, but they couldn't run the ball at all with Benny Snell or Anthony McFarland. So if James Conner is fully up to speed and he's practicing in full and he's off the list, then I think you you got to roll with him. It's a little bit risky because we've also seen James Conner disappoint in the past. I mean, against Cincinnati, he had 6.8 fantasy points. Against Dallas, he had 4 fantasy points and a smash matchups. But then he goes out. Against Houston, he had 27 fantasy points. Against Denver, early on when they weren't terrible, he had 23 fantasy points. Against Cleveland, he had 20 fantasy points. So that's kind of just what James Conner is. It's it's frustrating, for sure. But I think it's somebody that you can look to start. I'm not comfortable at all with Zach Moss or Devin Singletary. And I don't really know many people who would be. Stefan Diggs, you're starting. And then it gets a little murky. I think you can start all three of these Pittsburgh wide receivers, but we heard Mike Tomlin come out and say, look, if you can't catch the football, then we're going to find somebody who can catch the football. And that's definitely reference to Deontay Johnson and Eric Ebron, who drop everything. Deontay Johnson has double-digit targets in every game dating back to Week 8. That's insane. Week 8, he only had three targets. Ever since then, he's had double-digit targets. I think he was dinged up in that game. And then Week 7, he had 15 targets. He gets so many targets, it's hard to bench him. You just hope that they don't stray away from him in this offense because he can't hold on to the damn football. But Chase Claypool, I think you got to roll with. Juju Smith-Schuster, you got to roll with. And Chase is coming off of a bad game. Juju is coming off of a solid game, PPR standpoints. 10 targets, 7 catches. Can't make this up, 28 yards. I'm not making that up whatsoever. He had sub, in a full-point PPR league, he had sub-10 points with 7 catches. 
But I think you can roll with him. Cole Beasley, very hot right now. You can roll with him out of the slot at 11 catches or 9 catches, 11 targets, 130 yards, and that touchdown, 31 fantasy points in prime time. There's a lot of receivers you can roll with here. Cole Beasley is very interesting with John Brown on the IR. I think you can go with all three of those Pittsburgh guys. If I had to rank them right now, I might go I might go Juju, Claypool, Deontay. But I, I, Deontay with all that, it's just because of Mike Tomlin's comment. Deontay's going to have to prove himself. He's going to have to stop dropping the football. Same with Eric Ebron, who I'm going to start in this game. And he's going to be the only tight end I'm going to start in this game. Because he had 11 targets last week, which is not something you see often from the tight end position. He had 11 the week before. Caught seven in both. Had multiple drops in both. Not a lot of guys are getting this kind of workload. But Ebron is. And you hope that it continues. And a good matchup against Buffalo. Because Buffalo is not good against tight end position. They rank about 8th in fantasy points per game. So you hope that it's not affected in a really bad way by the comments that Mike Tomlin had. Which could be. Because he's right. Can't drop the football. And the last game is Cleveland at Baltimore. We just saw Baker Mayfield have the game of his life against the Tennessee Titans. He's going to come back to earth now against Baltimore's defense. Lamar Jackson, you're definitely starting. I'm not as comfortable with Baker Mayfield. You start Nick Chubb. I think you start J.K. Dobbins. Hopefully they give him more than just 11 carries because he deserves it. 11 carries for 71 yards and a touchdown. Ah, jeez. And they trot marking him out there, and he does absolutely nothing. It's very frustrating. Gus Edwards looks really good. Seven carries for 101 yards on Tuesday Night Football. He's somebody that you can start in deeper leagues, I think, against Cleveland's rush defense, which isn't really that great by any uh, stretch of anybody's imagination at the moment. It's not terrible. I think Sheldon Richardson is a solid defensive lineman. Miles Garrett being there definitely improves the rush defense as well. But Gus is the second fiddle in a three running back backfield. So you always got to take that into account. I think the second fiddle in the two running back backfield of Kareem Hunt. I think you can roll with Hunt. It's not great. At least he had three targets, three catches for 24 yards, which he hadn't really had the last couple weeks, being a little bit more involved as a receiver. But he had 14 carries, but it was only for 33 yards. And he doesn't look as good as Nick Chubb. But they like using him in the red zone. You just hope he falls into the end zone, which it almost happens almost every week. I said this before on the podcast. almost happens almost every week, and it just doesn't. But I think you can put him in there. As of right now, I have Kareem Hunt as my running back 24. So it's behind guys like Kenyon Drake and J.K. Dobbins and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It's kind of where I'm at with Kareem Hunt. It's been frustrating. Mark Andrews you can definitely play. And Austin Hooper, I want to play him. But he only had two targets for 24 yards with those two catches in a game where his offense put up 41 points. So that's not an encouragement at all. It really isn't. So there are other options I think you can probably roll with until he proves it, and that's when you can kind of secure him and lock him in there. But Baltimore is a good team. They're not necessarily great against the tight end position, but I think there are better options out there. Anyways, that is every matchup in the NFL Fantasy Playoffs. Please rate, subscribe, and review this podcast. I am Nicholas Filato. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Everyone, take care, and best of luck in round one of the Fantasy Playoffs.